Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa it's great to be back talking about lizzie mcguire for episode 61 yeah we're really we're really in the home stretch here i know and <laughs> critical time is fast approaching when we have to decide how we want this podcast to continue or if it even indeed will continue. But, you know, we're just going to procrastinate for as long (laughs) as possible. We are just going to let the denial just take us through the next few episodes. I mean, honestly, this show could probably, for me, end now and I would be fine with it. I feel like we've seen the end I, it's weird going back and having all these references to things that have already happened that are going to happen in the future. Like it should just end now, honestly. Yeah. I think that that's how I felt when I rewatched it for the first time when Disney plus first went live because I definitely watched through the bye bye Hillridge junior high episode. And then I think I watched a couple more and then I think it's next week's episode where I was just like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, like this episode, for example, we have another school dance, seemingly like the 10th school dance of the year. (laughs) And Gordo at one point asks Lizzie, have you ever asked Ethan Kraft out to a dance? And we know for a fact that she has because there was the Sadie Hawkins dance that was specifically like an entire episode where she asked out Ethan Kraft, I believe twice to a dance in that episode and she's over here like no I never have yeah let's see we have a Gordo story is before just friends this is supposed to be season two episode 15 just friends season two episode 18 so even still that is a lot of back-to-back dances happening like Like three episodes later, there's another dance. I know. They're always dancing. You'd think Ethan Kraft would be really danced out by this point. Ethan Kraft. Just seeing the amount of effort that goes into one dance. But we love to see it from Ethan. I was into it. Should we get back on Cameo and ask him about his sweet moves? Maybe. (laughs) Um, Mr. Snyder, very important question. Can you tell us more just about your, uh, like, what inspires you as a dancer? (laughs) If you are listening... (laughs) please please enlighten us i mean that was an mvp worthy performance in my opinion really that alone is worthy (laughs) of an mvp i'm not saying that he's getting it from me but i'm saying that it definitely put him in consideration uh okay well i guess we'll have to see how this all plays out i don't know it seems like you're really ready to just cut to the chase and let this all be over (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i feel like you obviously 
don't want to talk too much about Younger since I know you're going to be talking about it with Kelsey at a later point, but obviously Younger launched this week, um, which must have been very exciting for you. It was very exciting for me, and I can talk about it a little bit because it will be years before Kelsey and I get to get to season seven. Yeah, you timed this out poorly. <laughs> if you had started your podcast at the same time that we had started this podcast, then perhaps you would have timed it up you know, just at the right moment to dive into the most recent season. Well, we did not have that epiphany at that point in time. <laughs> and plus, we are planning to have breaks between seasons like a TV show. Ah, It could legitimately be years before we cover season seven. Um, but yeah, the first four episodes dropped on Paramount+. Plus. I was going to let myself enjoy them at a reasonable pace, but that all went out the window and I watched all four episodes at once. Really wild. Really, I mean, everything I love about Younger is back except for Miriam Shore. There is no Diana Trout in the final season of Younger. Or, I mean, at this point, they said in a statement that she was downgraded from a series regular to recurring because of COVID. Which is devastating. Yeah. Um, I have never watched an episode of Younger, so... This means nothing to you. This means nothing to me, but how sad. It's just, I mean, at the very least, I am happy with the way that her story ended. That's like a silver lining. But it just feels so bizarre ending the show without her presence but they're handling it in the best way possible. I mean, Lauren, played by Molly Bernard, is kind of trying to fill Diana's shoes. So it's been fun so far. I really need a Josh Liza endgame to happen at this point. Charles is stressing me out. Stay tuned. I'm trying to keep it as spoiler free as possible. Do you want to spoil the circle and how your favorite Lance Bass has joined <laughs> Lance Bass, Space Camp. That's such a niche reference. Nobody is going to get that as, as indicated by the cancellation of single parents. Yeah, no, no one cares. But I care. <laughs> yeah, I know the circle is back. Love some circle. Miss some Joey Sasso. Obviously, I don't know if the circle will ever be the same as that season one Joey Sasso um, level energy, but... We, I don't know. We we dove into the first couple episodes of the most recent season, which launched or which just dropped this past Wednesday on Netflix, and that's been good. That's been fun. Very strategic players this season, which obviously makes the game more exciting. Yeah. No, these players came to play. I think it is an incredibly different dynamic from season one, where they all just loved each other so much and just kept kicking off the new people. I don't think that that will be the case. Yeah, too much kumbaya in season one. This is not kumbaya. One of my old bosses used to say that. This is not kumbaya time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this feels like it's lining up more with the French circle in terms of strategy. Mm, yes, another niche reference from you. <laughs> I mean, if you like the circle, there are other circle options on Netflix. No, I, I also enjoyed the French circle. It is more akin to that. I just don't think that many people will know what you're talking about. 
Well, you should check it out <laughs> if you are a fan of The Circle. Does it feel weird watching The Circle now, like at this moment in time where this is how we've kind of been living for over a year? No, that was how we kind of were introduced to The First Circle. Well, actually, no. no. So The First Circle came out and it was kind of like a couple weeks after we all went into quarantine and we were like, well at least maybe they can continue to make more circle. And, <laughs> and then what do you know? Circle Brazil, uh, circle uh, France came out during quarantine. Yeah. Now we're back a full year later, circle season two. Um, so, you know, I feel like the, uh, the circle is the perfect quarantine format. Yeah. I know we're not quarantining anymore, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it is a good pandemic show. I would agree. Also, now I have met Wanda. You have met Wanda, and did Wanda meet your expectations? She seems cool. Yeah, I don't know. Age of Ultron is also not one of my favorite Avengers movies. I, I like the bonded by a common enemy situation. I was kind of spoiled myself by knowing the endgame and recognizing that, huh, Wanda has a twin brother. Oh, He's definitely going to (laughs) die. Womp womp. But the connection that Jarvis's voice is now Vision (laughs) blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah, it felt a bit like an origin story within an Avengers movie in a way. And that's not really something that we see. So it was just a little bit more than action, 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 action. Which is honestly why... I think that the Avengers movies in general are my least favorite so far is because there's just so many characters. There's not a lot of time for character stories. You didn't um, like the and they spent, budding romance? I knew, <laughs> that's where <laughs> I was going next. And what time we did have for it was spent on Mark Ruffalo and ScarJo's <laughs> awkward, like, will they, won't they? And then he just runs away. Runs away. Can't handle it. Can't handle the feelings. When she kisses him and then pushes him off the rock in the sky. (laughs) Like, I need the Hulk now. Yeah. And next up is Ant-Man. Have, like, eh, feelings about Ant-Man. But that's my preconceived. I don't know. I don't know why I feel not excited to watch Ant-Man. Yeah, why aren't you excited about Ant-Man? I don't know. I like Paul Rudd. It's not a Paul Rudd thing. So you should be more excited. It's Paul Rudd. Okay. (laughs) I feel like we're getting kind of close. Are we at the midpoint, would you say? Of the Avengers movies? Of the MCU movies, like in our watch. Yeah, I would say we're probably halfway, maybe a little bit further along. But then I guess if you're counting WandaVision, maybe we're not quite halfway. I mean, we're getting Thanos. We're getting more about the Infinity Stones. We got the first glove shot in the end credits. Things are really starting to come together. And after Ant-Man is Civil War and we get some Tom Holland Spider-Man and I am excited for that. I guess we should probably talk about Lizzie McGuire, even though nothing in this universe matters anymore. I know we're out here watching the Avengers in timeline order. And I don't even think any of the writers here have even heard of the word timeline. This episode, back to being all about Gordo and his feelings. (laughs) I think that I'm going to skip forward a little bit, but the writers must have thought that they were so clever by by fitting this in. Parker is such a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I know how we can, you know, be a little bit uh, sneaky here. (laughs) 
Yeah. Disney Channel. Yeah. So today we are talking about Lizzie McGuire season two, episode 26, A Gordo Story. In this episode, Gordo finds out why Parker turned down his invitation to the dance while Matt embellishes his family tree for a school assignment. This episode aired on February 28th, 2003. Yeah, I mean, that's the episode. That is the episode. And as far as the Matt storyline goes, I feel like we saw this or something similar, although I'm not recollecting fully, but I feel like the the concept of thinking about like who your ancestors are has definitely come up before, especially because we obviously got the backstory at some point that Sam was from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Joe was from Walla Walla, Washington, even though they went to the same high school. And I just felt like we had seen that before. And maybe it was because Lizzie was doing a report, but I'm not 100% sure. But it just like, I was watching it. I was like, this feels very familiar. Oh, it was from our favorite episode, El Oro de Montezuma. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where Lizzie is doing a project and she's like, where did I come from? Right. That was this season. That was this season. <laughs> And then she ends up doing a culturally insensitive report on the exchange student. Oh, my God. That exchange student. <laughs> I forgot about him. Lee. Lee. <laughs> from from in- uh, Indonesia. Yeah, from Indonesia. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, no, so we've, seen, right. we've seen a similar thing to this before. Uh, but here's Matt. And he's like, Mom, you painted the door just plain white last episode. We are boring people. <laughs> We need to spice this up a little bit. In true Matt McGuire fashion, he just goes off the rails. Yeah, and then regarding the A story, I mean, we've seen Parker a couple times. She only flashes in and out when somebody needs something, when the writers need, like, some plot device that's just weird, like Lizzie (laughs) trying to take her pants. (laughs) Someone telling Gordo he's short. Um, Yeah, Parker... uh, Never never a great look for Parker. I know. And in some ways, they do Parker even dirtier than they do Kate, right? Because there is nothing, there's nothing there outside of these like thinly veiled. She only gets a couple lines when she's present. It's usually a takedown. Yeah. And we got that also flash. I don't even know what it is, like a flash sideways scene in an episode a couple episodes back when Lizzie was giving advice to people and Parker was talking about like her weird, I don't know, like disguised crush on Gordo, but it was clearly about Gordo. And here is Gordo. No, it was straight up about Gordo because (laughs) the little sister is like, who's Gordo? (laughs) Yeah, it was very, very, um, very strange. And it's very easy, I feel like, for a viewer to watch this episode and be like, oh, Parker is terrible, but I don't blame Parker too much. I just go straight to the writers. Like, Right. Like, I give Parker a pass because the writers are just, you know, doing, I don't even know what with her. I don't get it either. But yeah, it is confusing from a order of, like, how we view the episode's standpoint. Because as far as we know, at this point, Parker's into Gordo. I just, and then there's the whole, uh, okay, so we start the episode in gym class, obviously, and... Wait, 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 can I just add one more thing before we start going in order? Okay. Speaking of Kate, where is she? What is this thing all of a sudden between Parker and Ethan Kraft that made no sense? Who planned this dance? How can a dance even occur if it's not being planned by Kate? 
Exactly. She's planned, I think, every dance so far. We had a Sadie Hawkins dance. We had a Monte Carlo night. We have had so many dances just uh, this season. Just this season. And then if you go back to the previous season, the Day of the Dead dance, the dance that Gordo showed up to in his suit. Yeah, come fly with me. Yeah. Yeah. All they do is dance. Yeah, that's how Ethan has developed such sick moves. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Where is Kate? Luckily, we have somebody on the case. I am Inspector Pratt, and I am here to inspect. No, he's not. He's here to straight up lie <laughs> about his family history. And, oh, okay, we'll get into that when the time comes, because this combination of mediocre white men, let me tell you, I cut you off. Please, please introduce. Well, I was just going to say that obviously they start the episode at school. They're playing basketball. Gordo is doing a little bit okay at the beginning, but then just gets stuffed by Ethan Kraft. And Parker comes up to him and she's like, good job, Gordo. You did really well. You got totally robbed on that last play, which he didn't get robbed. He got straight out blocked. Like he was way too short. (laughs) And Ethan just like sent it back in his face. That's not being robbed. That's just terrible basketball. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But it doesn't make sense for Parker to just come up and randomly start up that conversation with him to me. No, it's like, why instill that that kernel, that hope? Or not even like they just they just don't talk to each other. Like wouldn't the wouldn't the implication be from this conversation that Parker likes Gordo? It would be, and obviously that's how Gordo takes it. <laughs> like, you know, Gordo's like, oh, that was an interesting twist like who it would be nice to think that maybe somebody is like (laughs) i don't have enough friends let me just go make a new friend and just randomly come up to somebody and be like hey i know we've never talked before or interacted in any way but like that was pretty nice but that just like doesn't happen (laughs) um especially with a bunch of like 14 year olds no being 14 is the worst and you have a bubble and you kind of stick to that bubble. I don't think Parker is in a bubble. She's just Parker. Yeah, she's just Parker. She just does her own thing. Yeah, who is her group? Yeah, who did she put her handprint on the wall with? (laughs) I don't know. Also, can we talk about this scene from a blocking and logistical standpoint? Because I don't, I, I will admit that I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I was just very unclear with who was on whose team and what was happening here. This was one of the most frustrating things to me because it made absolutely no sense. Here are Lizzie, uh, Miranda, and Ethan all wearing blue and Gordo wearing white. And yet somehow Lizzie has to guard Ethan. They're both wearing blue. They're on the same team. Yeah, did did Lizzie forget her to put on her white <laughs> today? I don't know. Gordo's on a team all by himself. He's the shortest guy out there. Obviously, he's going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Three against one. I know. It makes absolutely no sense. And where's the rest of their gym class? Like, Is everybody right. else just watching? It was just an empty gym. <laughs> and then the four of them playing basketball and no gym teacher, even though apparently Mr. Dig is the full-time gym teacher now. A little unclear about that. Substitute gym teacher. Yeah, I don't know. It was very strange. But yeah, I did not like that choice. That felt lazy to me. And then, of course, they start talking about an upcoming school dance. And who's Ethan going to ask to the dance? And Gordo says, I doubt it'll be one of you. 
which was a sick burn. I mean, he's right. Yeah. And Gordo's like, ah, why are we talking about this? Let's just go together. The three amigos. Parker comes over, compliments Gordo. And then we get a 180 from Gordo, who's like, huh, maybe I'll ask Parker to the dance. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's time to take a chance. Live a little. Put myself out there. Cut to theme song. Gordo's been in a relationship before. He went on that one date with that other girl, um, like Brooke or something like that. Oh, yeah. I did not remember her name. I think it was Brooke. That feels right. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> yeah, he's put himself out there. Can we talk about how this episode starts with like nine minutes? Le- okay, so here's the other thing. In middle school, you know, and even in in high school, we would play basketball. We would have basketball units in gym class. They would never turn the scoreboard on for your gym class basketball game. <laughs> it would always just be like the gym teacher kind of like timing on their watch. There would be maybe like the little like flip cards um, where you could keep score if you wanted to. They went very much uh, too hard with this basketball, <laughs> with this recreational gym class basketball game. Makes no sense. Yeah. Anything else about the gym scene before we head to the McGuire house? Yeah, I mean, good shooting form from Gordo. He's just too small. Well, and the thing about this whole episode and this, what becomes the central conversation surrounding Gordo's insecurity about his height, this is just an awkward age, Gordo. The girls are hitting puberty first. You're not there yet. It's okay. I'm sorry that you have to interact with Ethan Kraft, who has hit puberty and then some. Yeah. And here's here's my coaching perspective on the last basketball moments that we get. Obviously, the clock is winding down from like 10 seconds. Gordo's just holding on to the ball, waiting for that last shot. I don't know, Gordo. If it were me, take it to the hole at the beginning. The assumption, right, if you're holding on to the ball for the last shot is that the game is tied. Because if you're down, you just want to get a basket as quickly as possible, especially in a middle school basketball game. And then... Even if you miss, you have time to foul and get the ball back. So just get a basket as quickly as possible. Don't wait until there's no time left and then throw up a bad shot. I don't know. Bad coaching from whoever was coaching Gordo's team. Yeah, totally. And then at the end, if Gordo gets stuffed and he's holding the ball for the last shot, but we are assuming the game is tied, the game would just go to overtime. Now you're playing more basketball. Makes no sense. Yeah, makes no... You, <laughs> you're just agreeing, but I feel like you don't know where I'm coming from. I'm adding so <laughs> much to this conversation. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was that would just be my basketball out, uh, outlook on this. And we appreciate it. <laughs> just saying. Can we move on? I don't think these writers play basketball. So Matt has to do a report about our ancestors. He asks, do we have any... Like, no, Matt, you have no ancestors. Joe goes into her family history spiel, which Matt declares as boring. Yeah, her grandparents came over from Poland in World War II. Her grandfather was actually Lucy Ricardo. Uh, (laughs) He worked on an assembly line at a candy factory. And uh, Joe's grandmother worked in a hospital making beds. She was a, I get, some people call that a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not what i know crazy i know what a weird way to put that and then sam embellishes his own family history and says that we are descendants of william braveheart wallace 
Well, that's at least consistent. Like, clearly there's some Scottish lineage here for the Maguires. True, but they're just dairy farmers in Kalamazoo. I guess they're just the boring Maguires. But yes, I think you mentioned this already. We keep getting conflicting information about Sam and Joe's origin story. And I am confused. This is unacceptable. It is. And I guess we haven't met either of their grandparents, right? But we've obviously met Gammy McGuire and we've met Nana. I don't know, Gammy McGuire especially. Like, does Gammy McGuire strike you as a dairy farmer? She was out here, like, windsurfing. Where do you go windsurfing in Kalamazoo? Is it near a Great Lake? You think you can go windsurfing in the Great Lakes? I guess I don't know. Maybe she does. Maybe she dairy farms by day and windsurfs by weekend. Who knows? That would be a cool lady to me. The whole reason Matt is just really unsatisfied with his family lineage is that Lanny legitimately does have a semi-famous relative. Apparently, Lanny is descended from Crispus Attucks, who was like the first person killed in the Boston Massacre, therefore inciting what was later to become the American Revolution. Yeah, and I was a bit confused by this depiction of Crispus Attucks because he's portrayed in the episode as a true patriot, an American hero. Yeah, no, he was just just a dude who died. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, he was not any of those. He was just a guy who died. But, you know, elementary school tends to really simplify things and perhaps make uh, heroes of people who are not. Wait, are you just saying that our public education system is a tool of the state to just educate us by way of pro-American propaganda? Well, we weren't taught the Howard Zinn version of Columbus, (laughs) I will just say. (laughs) No one was telling us about syphilis in third grade. But back to Gordo. First time we're at the Digital Bean in quite some time, I will say. Didn't miss it. Did not miss the weird cafe. <laughs> no, I did not miss the weird cafe. Is it is the digital bean at school or is it a separate location? No, it's a separate location. Do any adults ever go there or is it just like a Zoe 101 cafe? I'm like very confused. <laughs> like I see the weird cafe and I'm like, Zoe 101? I love that you made that connection. <laughs> Wait, you watched Zoe 101? Um, I've seen a couple episodes, but it's just front of mind because I was watching a thing about Brittany and um, Jamie Lynn for work. Zoe 101 was so good. Maybe we should do a podcast about Zoe 101. I skip straight from uh, Lizzie McGuire to Zoe 101. I feel like Zoe 101 will get weird at the end when, when you know, it just ends because she got pregnant. I know. it. It's a bummer conclusion. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be really unsatisfying. It's to, just like to go we were right at the hole. precipice of getting this beautiful like best friends, something more. It's a very similar dynamic, actually. Uh, Zoe and Chase versus... Yeah, Chase is just Gordo, is he not? <laughs> if Down you, to the hair. Yeah, if you just age, uh, if you just take Gordo and, and push him forward five years, it's just Chase. Push him forward five years? Oh, you mean like in the future? Well, like... They're not, you just they're take, not that you much just older. just take the Gordo character and you portray him I'm in a setting that's five years later, is what I'm trying to Got say. You. Because okay. Zoe 101 was like, what, mid... Like 2000s? 2000s? Yeah, like maybe like 2006, Yeah, so you just take take that Gordo and you're like, here's what a Gordo would look like in 2001. Here's what a Gordo would look like (laughs) in 2006. And it's Chase from Zoe 101. 
<laughs> and Zoe is Lizzie. Oh my God. Yeah. And then there's that other girl with the glasses. I don't remember her name, but she's kind of quirky. She plays the Miranda role. Quinn? Yes, Quinn. You think Quinn's the Miranda role? What about Victoria Justice? You're getting too in the weeds for me now. I don't remember <laughs> Victoria Justice specifically in Zoe 101. How is Victoria Justice like Miranda? I think from a more, from a point of view that she was definitely the best dressed friend and she was more, she was Zoe's number two, I would say. It takes a little bit of time for Quinn to really break into the bubble. They do this weird, like she's just the weird other roommate for a bit. She's more of like the Larry Tudgman, but then she gets brought into the fold. Victoria Justice? No, 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 Quinn, the Quinn oh, character. I, well, see, I haven't watched enough Zoe 101 to really understand these references that you're making. Now, I guess, you know, you are doing what I did for my basketball reference <laughs> earlier. But yeah, no, I feel like if you compare Lizzie McGuire and Zoe 101, they're obviously very similar, but I feel like Zoe 101 in the beginning was probably more fun than Lizzie McGuire, but the ending is less satisfying because obviously they didn't get a movie and Jamie Lynn Spears had to leave. But I feel like- There's also the the little brother character. Oh my God, hold on. I'm just like making so many connections <laughs> right now. Can we just do like a post-mortem? We don't even have to do a whole podcast, but can we just like watch Zoe 101 and then just podcast about the similarities? Yeah, we can. I- Here's Someday. my bold take. I think that in an alternate in an alternate universe where Zoe 101 gets a full conclusion, Zoe 101 is looked upon more favorably than Lizzie McGuire. I still think that Zoe 101 story-wise, maybe because there is some sense of forward movement and chronology in Zoe 101 that never existed in Lizzie McGuire. Maybe. I don't know. We are getting off the path here, but I'm very <laughs> excited about the potential of discussing this more in the future. Okay. And we didn't even get here when there was a Britney reference. Like, how did we get, how did we, I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> We're at the weird cafe. Oh, thank you. That's how we got there. Yeah, because there's a weird cafe in Zoe 101 where they all hang out. But it's it makes sense because they're all at this sporting, like, if the if the if the weird cafe in Lizzie McGuire is just like this third party entity where only children ever hang like how often do you see an adult just going to get a coffee at the digital bean? Never. It's so strange. It It's where middle schoolers do their homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that seems like loitering. Anyways, back to Lizzie McGuire. Gordo is nervous to ask Parker out. Miranda and Lizzie are like, come on, just do it. It's not that hard. And Gordo is like, have you ever asked Ethan Kraft to a dance? And the answer is yes, but at this point, the answer is no. So Gordo goes over to Parker, makes a bad joke. Yeah, why didn't we get to hear the joke? Uh, it was that bad. <laughs> it cuts away to Lizzie and Miranda being like, I hope he didn't tell that joke. And then we never hear the punchline. Yeah, line. what's the joke? Yeah, what's the joke? Yeah, they are snooping. Even Lizzie is nervous. And Parker... I guess didn't think the joke was funny because she tries to dip out of the conversation real quick. Yeah, she has to motor. Yeah, sorry, Gordo. Got a motor. That's when he's like, whoa, 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 hold up. He asks her to the dance and is immediately rejected. Why is this so easy? And yet he's standing on the porch like an idiot for like five minutes and can't tell Lizzie, you know, how he's feeling. 
Because it's different with Lizzie. Lizzie is his best friend. Parker is just who he met as Parker. Parker is just a girl <laughs> who has vague possible interest in him. She's just a girl in the world. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is the equivalent of Shirani. But yes, some straight rejection. Sam, have you ever dealt with middle school rejection? I have. How did you feel about this depiction of middle school rejection? I feel like by the time we went to middle school, it was a little bit different because obviously we had things like text and email. So obviously you would ask somebody out and then you'd get rejected in person. But then there were layers of like going home and just hopping on AIM and like talking it out with people. And then like the layers of rumors. And then he said, she said that would play out online digitally. And then you would come back later and be like, I don't know. It was, it played out a little bit differently, I think, for myself. Wow. That sounds like so much drama. It was so much drama. So much drama. Yeah. But the idea that you would get rejected and then you would have like your enforcer in this situation, Lizzie McGuire, immediately chase after that person <laughs> and be like, why did you do that? Well, that's, that comes a little bit later. That is not something that I ever experienced. No. First, we have to jump back to the house. And I think we glossed over the bigger story that Lanny's here. Much like Miranda, he is back. Yeah, Lanny is here. Um, because you know what? No one splits up Matt and Lanny. It was wonderful to see him. Yeah. And then the last image that we see of him is him angry. True. I felt like we didn't get enough Lanny. Like, they're like, you should go apologize to Lanny. And then he's like, okay. And then we never see Lanny. We never see that apology. But that is really consistent and true to form on Lizzie McGuire. Like, there is rarely a satisfying resolution. Especially to the B story, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. I was excited that we saw Lanny. But Lanny, all he did was basically be upset. But this is the moment where Matt decides that he could be related to anybody. And no one would even know the difference. He could be related to George Washington and not even know it. Or Davy Crockett or Elvis. I know. If only he had a really specific name like Benjamin Franklin Gates, then he would know <laughs> from whom he was descended. <laughs> was that a national treasure reference? <laughs> it was a national treasure reference. That's correct. Incredible. Because, of course, his name had to be Benjamin Franklin Gates. <laughs> So here's the thing with the story. <laughs> I really thought that Matt was going to make a choice here, right? Where it's like George Washington or Davy Crockett or Elvis. Yeah, I thought at the end of this scene he had chosen Elvis, but no, he had chosen all, all, all three. of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Which is very ambitious. I will give him that. It is. But I mean, he sold the story. We can get into that. Back at the Digital Bean. Gordo is rejected and angsty. I guess I'm just the guy you say hi to in the hallway, not who you go out with. Can we play this? Can this be the scene we play? Between Lizzie's call out and Miranda's response, I think this is the scene. Okay. Okay, so tell me exactly what Parker said. She said, sorry, I can't. But it looked like everything was going great. Yeah, I know. I I guess I'm just the guy you say hi to in the hallway, not the guy you actually go out with. No, Gordo, that doesn't make any sense. It's Parker. She's weird. 
That girl's got some splaining to do. I'm gonna be right back. So, um, it looked like you and Gordo were having a good time. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. So, why'd you turn him down for the dance? Because he's short. <laughs> That's not a reason. I can't go because my cat died is a reason. Parker, you are short. Listen, Lizzie, I know he's your friend. Well, he's a great guy to hang out with and all, but I don't want to go out with a short guy. Later. Parker is such a witch. It's a good thing Gordo doesn't care what other people think. Or maybe not. Are you okay, Gordo? Yeah. Never been better. It's Parker. She's weird. She is weird. She said she was going to motor, but now she's just hanging out still. Yeah, she just didn't want to talk to Gordo. Awkward. Here's the thing, too. She is so loud. She's like, he's short. And then she's <laughs> talking like this. Yeah, and they're like right there. You can see Gordo in the background as Lizzie is walking up to Parker, just like looking at them. <laughs> they're they're probably like six feet away. It's so awkward. Yes, it's it's very, very uncomfortable for everybody. Also, very out of character for Lizzie McGuire to be so confrontational in the first place. Yeah, and Parker shouldn't have to explain herself. Yeah. She's allowed to say no. That is that is also true. <laughs> no means no. She just can't. But then her explanation is kind of... Yeah, it makes it worse. You should have said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go out with a short guy. Height is so arbitrary. Maybe she's worried about the heel discrepancy. But why? I don't know. It's so funny. It's such a early 2000s reason for rejection. It is. And I liked the close-ups on all of their faces. Yeah. As the scene goes on, you get closer and closer to each of their faces. I'm hurt. Can I just say that in this screenshot, we have a sign pointing toward Rome above Miranda's head at the digital bead. An Easter egg, perhaps. Probably not. The writers are not that sly. Probably probably a coincidence. Probably a coincidence. But yeah, Parker is such a witch. Yeah. But yeah, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about insecure Gordo on the screen? Um, I liked it. You know, I feel like Gordo spends a lot of time trying to, like, with a shield of armor on, right? You know, he'll say things that maybe he doesn't necessarily believe himself, but it kind of protects him from being hurt. But when somebody is so, like, brazenly um, offensive and arbitrarily kind of mean, then, yeah, I I can understand how that made him feel not great, especially when uh, you're in middle school and people do things to just otherize you arbitrarily. Yeah, I feel like it was interesting to see this more vulnerable side of, of Gordo. Yeah, I always love the moments that humanize him and... When we see that, like you said, it's a shield and he actually does, to a certain extent, care about what people think. It felt very true to just being in middle school and navigating that time in your life. Yes, but Gordo is a five. I think we can officially say on the Enneagram, he's going to go home now. He's going to do some research. He's going to just get all of the knowledge that he can to reassure himself. 
he's not that far behind where he should be on the vertical scale. And all he needs to do is just, you know, wait this out. There's a couple options for him. He he has a lot that he can, he has a lot of places he can maneuver from here. Yeah, he can buy some $70 cowboy boots. <laughs> He's only four inches shorter than the average 14-year-old male. You know, guys hit their growth spurt on average at age 15, so he still has a year to go. <laughs> As a five myself, all of these statistics that he starts pulling up um, really resonated with me. I was like, that's probably how I would have reacted in that situation as well. I can see that. You just go home and you're like, well, actually, here's the data. <laughs> <laughs> when did you hit your growth spurt? 13. Um, and I grew from five feet to five, six over the course of that year. Wow. Just got so tall. I was eating so much pasta. <laughs> it was a great time. And it didn't, even, it was the best thing when you're going through a growth spurt when you're young is that you don't even have to ex- uh, like explain yourself. Like you'll go up and you'll get like a fourth serving of pasta and, like, if you do that as an adult, people will judge you, right? They'll be like, why are you eating so much? That's, like, maybe you get a second helping, but, like, a fourth helping of pasta, like, that's a little concerning. Like, where's that going? But when you're young and you're going through a growth spurt, it's like, oh, he's growing. And that's all the explanation you need. <laughs> like, I would feel shamed. <laughs> or I feel like people would shame me, even if I wanted another serving of pasta. There's all these societal pressures not to do it. Are you good? I'm great. <laughs> I'm so good. Do you need some pasta? I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I, I I see how you could relate to that side of Gordo. Did you like how Miranda so subtly dropped that Ethan and Parker are going to the dance together? Like, way to rub some salt in the wound, Miranda. Yeah, and how do you know that, Miranda? <laughs> Where'd you get that information? Yeah, I don't know. And this is, again, so random to me, the thought of, Parker and Ethan together. Yeah, I I don't think that Kate would be okay with that. I thought Kate and Ethan were a pair. It's so strange because sometimes the show just wants us to... The way that Kate comes in and out throughout the series is really confusing to me. I will never forget about Kate Saunders. And now Gordo and Lizzie are both upset. Well, yeah, Gordo calls them out and says that they are part of the problem for, quote, feeding into the whole tall guy thing. Yeah, I mean, Gordo has always been a little bit jealous of Ethan. He's still mad that he got stuffed in gym class yesterday. There's no logical explanation (laughs) for their attraction to Ethan. No, but there is no logical explanation for a crush on anyone in middle school, if we're being honest. Yeah. If I think back to the boys that I had crushes on in middle school, there was no logical explanation there either. Miranda is like, Just uh, give Gordo some time. He'll talk to us when he's ready. So wise. So insightful. This is why we need Miranda. But I'm not going anywhere. And back at Matt's school, he presents his family tree. And he really really sells it. Yeah, he came in with props, with some costumes. It's like an hour-long presentation. Like We keep getting flashes of the clock. And we keep getting flashes of Lanny, and Lanny's getting more and more upset. So, yeah, we get all three of the references mentioned earlier. George Washington, Davy Crockett, and Elvis. I liked that one kid who pointed out that, you know, if Davy Crockett died, wouldn't his family tree die there? Like, that would be the end, which is a good good point. Called out. I thought the teacher was going to say something. When he first starts and he starts talking about George Washington, the teacher gives him a look that's like, 
are you serious? <laughs> I think especially on the heels of Lanny's presentation immediately before. But then by the end, she seems like she's sold on it. Yeah, she's like she's nodding along. No questions. <laughs> A plus. A plus presentation. Okay. And then we need to talk about what happens next because I think it was one of the worst things I've ever seen over the course <laughs> of this entire series. I hated it. Of course, we have a montage and this montage is a bad dream of an ant-sized Gordo moving through the world. Yeah, the only thing that could have made it worse is if they made him start to speak, but they used like a really high voice. <laughs> oh, like the bobblehead voice from Dia de los Muertos? I don't even remember the bobblehead voice. Like when you just pitch, when you pitch shift someone up. Yeah, the bobblehead voice. Okay. Ugh, it was so bad. Maybe they had to uh, promote the, <laughs> the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride at Epcot that no longer exists. Maybe. Was that Drew Carey? Epcot used to have some wild rides. No, Honey, I Shrunk the... That wasn't Drew Carey. I thought that was the Drew Carey one. What are you talking about? It was Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. It was like the people who were in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, I confused it with Sounds Dangerous <laughs> at uh, Hollywood Studios. Formerly MGM Studios. Those were the days. The MGM days. That also used to be a weird park. They used to have like a, <laughs> like an American Idol-esque competition every day. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, did you do that? Yeah, I did. You, you participated? No. <laughs> the closest I ever got to an American Idol participation was at Madame Tussauds in Times Square. Are you going to elaborate? <laughs> That's all. What 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 is there to elaborate? Well, I, you you say it like the closest I ever did. You actually participate? Yes. What happened? Well, there was a room at Madame Tussauds that was set up like American Idol with a uh, wax Paula, oh. Randy, and Simon. So you never you, there and was no contest. Sing. You could sing. You could stop and sing, and there was a Ryan Seacrest esque announcer, and I remember being there. And performing and then being asked how old I was. And we went over the summer and I said I was almost 10 because the friend I was with said that he was almost 10. And the announcer was like, when's your birthday? And I was like, December. And he was like, kid, you're nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not almost 10. Get that out of here. I was thoroughly dragged by fake Ryan Seacrest. I mean, you got to prepare yourself for that going on a reality TV show. Scarred me to this day. Yeah, no more using half numbers. That was the last time you said you were ha- uh, almost an age ever again. I know. I should have just said nine and a half, but I was trying to keep up with my friend. Why would you just say you're nine? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Mr. It's my half birthday every year. Yeah, because no one ever remembers. <laughs> I have to just remind everybody. Anyways, I don't even know how we got there. It was a bad montage that was actually a bad dream. Yeah, it was all a dream. And now Gordo is going to go to the only person who can help him feel better, a fellow short adult, Mr. Dig. I know. We got so many comebacks in this episode. Yeah. Um, And Mr. Dig and Ethan are playing some one-on-one in the gym. And Mr. Dig's got some moves. Now that you know um, who Alan Iverson is, let me ask you, do you think that Mr. Dig also taught Alan Iverson all about practice? Practice. We're not, not the game, not the game, practice. We're talking about practice. 
See, I forgot who that was until you said practice. Um, you can never forget Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, fantastic basketball player, fantastic media personality, um, Hall of Famer, Allen Iverson. Yes, inspiration for one of the best scenes in Ted Lasso. That was a great scene even before Ted Lasso existed. Practice. We should have practiced. <laughs> Seriously. I thought we were getting better at this, but I have some doubts after two days episode. But yeah, I didn't know that Gordo would go to Mr. Dig. I never saw Mr. Dig as someone that Gordo would confide in. I mean, the options are fairly li- You think he's going to go to Ms. Do? Yeah, we learned, though, that Mr. Dig was the smallest person in his family. Both of his parents are over six feet, so... You don't yeah, know why? how tall you're going to be. Although, if both of your parents are over six feet and you are not, I'm sure this has happened, but that would that would make me question a little bit. Like, is Mr. Dig adopted? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going in a different direction. You thought I was going... Where did you think I was going? Is my dad my dad? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Dad? Dad? <laughs> Speaking of dads, what is this? <laughs> Nothing I needed to hear the first time or ever again. Yeah, no, Mr. Dig. Um, yeah, I have a lot of questions about Mr. Dig. <laughs> Matt should do uh, a report on Mr. Dig's ancestors. Well, he's going to come over for dinner soon, so. Oh, okay, cool. But yes, the takeaway is... You don't know how tall you're going to be. And when I decided my height didn't matter to me, it didn't matter to anyone else. And if it does matter, you don't need those people in your life. And, you know, solid advice. Yeah, this is what this is among the better pieces of uh, Mr. Dig's advice. Yeah, I give it an A. And now, Matt McGuire, he has a problem. Lanny isn't talking to him. Well, we, we cut back home and can you just explain to me, like, what Joe and Sam are doing? Are they, like, making a model plane? Sam McGuire, go to work. <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't even try to. Can we? I assumed they were just like cooking. Oh, they are definitely not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? I don't. There's no explanation for what they're doing. Yeah, they're or building why, like a model car. Or why they're doing. Sam, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense. It's a work day. Matt is coming home from school. You are home building a model car. Why? I don't know. It makes no sense. Matt admits that he was jealous of Lanny and his cool family history. Yeah, and Dad said it was okay to uh, spice things up a little bit. Yeah, let me just blame it on Dad. It was a really good move on his part. And the takeaway here is you can't choose who you're related to. You have to be proud of where you come from. Yeah, and um, he should go apologize. And that's like, Okay, end of B story. So then Gordo comes over to have a heart-to-heart with Lizzie. Just Lizzie. Yeah, do we think that he's had this conversation with Miranda already? I don't know. This seems to be right before the school dance. Lizzie's getting ready for the dance. Yeah, so he must have gone to Miranda's first. No. Yeah, he's just coming back from Miranda's. No, Miranda's already there. At the dance? They meet Miranda at the dance. No, but I think Gordo went to Miranda's house and then went to Lizzie's house. Miranda went to the dance, and now they're both going to the dance. That seems like a lot of work. Uh, You can't disprove it. Okay. (laughs) And he says that he owes Lizzie an apology. I called you part of the problem, 
But I have a problem. I've always been told I can do whatever I want, but I can't. I can't control how tall I am. He's a hypocrite. I guess I'm a hypocrite. This is Lizzie's like, whoa, Gordo is human moment. Yeah, you're not a hypocrite. You're normal. And he's like, I like who I am. I just like to be taller. And then Lizzie says, I like who I am, but I'd like to be Britney Spears. (laughs) But that's not going to happen. And then she says to Gordo, you're smart and funny and a little weird sometimes, but I wouldn't like you any other way. Yeah, and then Gordo asks Lizzie to the dance. Okay, so now, all right, so explain this one to me then. Explain what? He just asked her out right here. But this isn't a friendship capacity. This is like, let me undo what I did and let's go back to the way it was before when we were going to all go together. This wasn't in a romantic sense. Then why would he just ask Lizzie? That doesn't make any, like, what about Miranda? Miranda's his date too when he when they get there. Yeah, but does she know that? How would she know that unless he went to her house first? Gorda, you dog. Exactly. Yeah, because then we're at the dance, right? We are at the dance. And we know we are at the dance because Ethan is dancing. Incredible. I really implore you, even if you haven't been watching the episodes along with us, just if you have Disney+, Plus. Tune into the last five minutes of this episode just to witness all that is Ethan Craft dancing. Yeah, so much energy. He's had at least five bowls of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) And two Red Bulls. Yes, all the things, all the above. And Parker can't handle it. No. Yeah, she has regrets. She does. And she tries to crawl right back over to Gordo and apologize for calling him short. And then he's like... I am short. I own that. And Parker is starting to think that she came to the dance with the wrong person. And Gorda's like, I didn't. But then he still dances with Parker anyways because he's weak. Weak. And then I think one of the most interesting pieces of the episode happens in in these final moments, right? Because Gordo goes off to dance with Parker. Miranda takes the opportunity to sneak in a dance with Ethan. And... We end with a shot of Lizzie alone wondering, you know, if everybody got what they wanted, why aren't I happier? And to me, it's interesting because it is the first sort of inkling from Lizzie's perspective that maybe there's something there. What about that Ronnie guy? Do you think she's thinking about Ronnie? I definitely think she's thinking about Ronnie. (laughs) No, I think she's thinking about Gordo. You know what I'm thinking? You know, here goes Miranda. I'm going to go dance with Ethan Kraft. And then we never see Miranda again. (laughs) Oh, no. But I'm not going anywhere. Coincidence, Lizzie? What are you insinuating? I'll just let you connect the dots on that one. (laughs) But I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I don't think Miranda would have taken herself out. (laughs) (laughs) This just got so dark. (laughs) Thanks for being such a lousy friend. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is completely unrelated to this scene, but going back to how um, Joe's grandfather was actually like Lucille Ball. Then later when Lizzie goes up to Parker, Cartoon Lizzie says that she has some splaining to do. That's like a Ricky, that's like a straight I love Lucy line. That is, that's true. I think that's my conspiracy of the episode. 
I like that. That they're actually descendants of... Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. I like that conspiracy theory. I don't know how much I like Lizzie McGuire, hitman, takes out Miranda. (laughs) I think I like both of those conspiracies equally. Okay. But yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode. Do we have any outfits to talk about? We certainly have some cowboy boots to talk about. We do have some cowboy boots to talk about. I mean, we talked about the gym conundrum already. Gordo, one on three, because the uniforms don't make sense. Nothing really in this first scene of note with Sam and Joe and Matt. I do want to talk about this little pin that Miranda has on. Does she have a pin of a pair of pants? I I can't. I, I would need a closer look. You need a closer look, Seth? Okay. Yes, it does look like a pair of pants. Interesting. An interesting. Inter- an interesting brooch. It is indeed an interesting brooch. What do you think of Lizzie's half up, half down, plus a headband? I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lizzie's hair. It's half up, half down. How's it half up, half down? It just looks like a ponytail. No, it's, oh my God, Sam. It's half of her hair is up in a ponytail. See? No, not really. See, her hair is down, but the top layer is up in a ponytail, and that's a half up, half down. Oh, I guess I don't care. (laughs) Plus, she's wearing a headband. I guess you don't. Look what we have here, though, from Miranda, Union Jack sighting. Yeah, and she's a rebel. Another headband. Yeah. The same headband, I think, from the last episode. Maybe. No, that was an American flag. Gordo's whole outfit, uh... If he wants to prove to people that he's not short, he should find some clothes that just don't look ginormous on him. Yeah, he does look like everything is too big in this shot. Like that shirt looks like an adult large. I appreciate the cowboy boots. I, I don't understand the point of the cow- are they are those just supposed to make him taller? Yeah, they have heels. But how how much taller could those possibly make him? Bring him up from a 52 to a whole 5 Four tops, (laughs) only two inches below average. Yeah. I feel like $70 for the cowboy boots is uh, a pretty good deal. Yeah, I would say so. Unless the assumption is that they're not real cowboy boots. They look legit. Matt's looks through his reports are interesting. I'm unclear where he gets these from. Me too. I do appreciate how much effort he put into his project, though. All right, nothing again with any of these people. All right, let's talk. (laughs) Can we talk about Gordo coming in with his dance outfit? Oh, he looks so bad. (laughs) It's like a a 1970s dad suit with shoulder pads. But like actually his dad suit. But actually, (laughs) yeah. It's way too big. The collar is huge. It's like a, (laughs) I don't know, like Miami Vice collar. Like what, (laughs) what is happening here? Who told him that he should wear this to the dance? Because they very much led him astray. They did. And he, like Lizzie is in a like a dress, right? But her dress is very much like, it looks like it could be a summer dress, right? And it's like, oh, we're just going to like a, a fun dance. But Gordo is like full suit. Now I want to double check. Did Ethan also wear a suit? No. Ethan Kraft does not suit. Well, how can you dance with a suit? I guess that's a good point. No, Ethan came in and he's like, Let's get this party started. <laughs> yeah, he has full California surfer energy. Yeah, Gordo is literally the only person in the building wearing a suit. Yeah. An ill-fitting one. At that. At that. Yeah, it, 
That doesn't make sense to me. And what is this? Sh- Can we go back to the shirt? What is this shirt? It doesn't <laughs> even button down. It buttons halfway, but like with seven to eight buttons. He honestly looks like a grandpa. Really <laughs> excited for bingo. I don't know. Anything else to talk about here? I think that's it. Okay, cool. And now we are at the MVP moment. Sam, who is your MVP in this episode? In this episode of Lizzie McGuire, episode 226, uh, what's this episode called? A Gordo Story. A Gordo Story. I believe that the MVP was Lizzie McGuire. This is a big choice. And I'm just going to say right now, I was also planning on giving my MVP to Lizzie McGuire. Really? Yeah. I think that, well, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. Well, I just think that the, I think the big MVP moment of the episode was probably Lizzie going and confronting Parker about why she was so mean, then getting the answer, but then also just like talking Gordo up at the end, the same way that Gordo has talked Lizzie up at the end. I'm pretty sure she used Gordo's exact words, honestly, now that I think back to it. Like when uh, Shirani broke up with Lizzie and Gordo had to like talk her up, I think that they reused that same speech so that Lizzie could give it back to Gordo. But regardless, she was there for Gordo. She was there for him at the, the weird cafe and she was there for him at the end. And it was weird that Gordo needed to ask for her permission to dance with Parker, but she gave it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really just don't think there's any other options unless, you know, obviously Ethan Kraft <laughs> in limited minutes did a great job. But yeah, no, I think it's Lizzie McGuire, this one. I agree for all of the reasons that you mentioned. There was just some great friendship on display. The thing that Gordo is insecure about, it would never even have occurred to Lizzie that that would be an insecurity mm-hmm. until it comes up. And she's there for him, like you said. Loved to see it. But this is big in terms of our our ratings. Yeah, we still have a couple more episodes left. It's not, you know, still some time. We'll see how it all shakes out. Well, I think that's it on this week's episode of The Outfit Repeaters. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter and email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find this episode as well as uh, as well as any of our previous episodes either at our website www.paginatedmedia.com/outfitrepeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. Coming up here at Paginated Media tomorrow, Marissa, you and Kelsey are back talking once again about Younger, but season one of Younger, not the most recent season. Yeah, season one, episode four, with special guest Orion Desombre. That should be very fun. And then no episode of Crowning Around this week, but if you haven't had a chance yet, last week we talked about a crazy film called Hyde Park on Hudson for which Bill Murray earned himself a Golden Globe nomination. Um, He did not deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Wow. Um, And then next week at Crowning Around, we'll be talking about another film that we found called A Royal Night Out. So... um, No episode this week, but you can definitely catch up and then tune back in next week. Yep, and be sure to tune back in next Tuesday for another episode of The Outfit Repeaters, where we will be discussing Lizzie McGuire, Season 2, Episode 27, Grubby Long John's Old Time Review.